are anointed to break yokes. Say that over yourself. I am anointed to break yokes because of the anointing of God in us, in me, in you. It is the anointing that breaks the yoke. The anointing of God in you breaks yokes. Turn to your neighbor and tell them that. You are anointed to break yokes. Look, look somebody else in the eye and tell them the very same thing. You are anointed to break yokes. You are anointed to break yokes. She's like, okay, yes, yes. We are anointed to break yokes. We will hear the word of the Lord. We will do the word of the Lord. And we will change. Hallelujah. Turn your Bibles to Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Thank you, Father. Verse 5. Philippians 2, verse 5. says, let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. Right there, we can literally close our Bibles and say, wow, that's the instruction of the Lord. Just let it be. Just let it be. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus. If we were to just walk in that, just let it be. If we let the mind of Christ be in us, if we let it be, then therefore it will be. Say, if I let it be, it will be. I just need to let it be. I just need to let the mind of Christ be in me. It's the same mind that's in Christ Jesus. He didn't give you a different mind. He gave you the same mind. Say, same mind. I have the mind of Christ. I have the same mind. So I'm going to let it be within me. I'm letting it be. We renew our mind daily. Amen. We renew our mind by the reading of the word. We renew our mind every single day. Every time we read the word, we're letting it be. His mind in us. It's a gift God's given us. God has given his mind to us, and it is a gift. Because you could have somebody else's mind, and could you imagine that? Could you? I don't want to imagine that. Because, hey, no offense, but I don't know sometimes what you all think, and I don't want to know. I don't really want. You know what I'm talking about. You, I'm sure you can think of somebody in your life. They may not be in this room that you don't want to know what they're thinking of all the time. You do not want their mind. But we get the mind of Christ. We have the mind of Christ. And we're going to let it be amen. within us. Amen. Amen. Say amen. amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Verse 6. Who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God. But made himself of no reputation. Taking the form of a bondservant which is a slave. And coming in the likeness of men, you know, he laid aside the privileges of deity and he took on the, the status of a slave. He came, he, when, he, when he came as a human, still God, always, but taking on that status. He says, he came as a form of a bondservant, coming in the likeness of men and being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and he became obedient to the point of death, even the death on the cross. Thank you, Lord, for what you have done. Thank you, Lord God, for your, for your obedience. Thank you, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to keep your hand there. Just turn your Bible over one page to Philippians 3 and 10. It says that I may know him. Oh, that we may know you, God. And the power 
of his resurrection. Woohoo! We love the power of your resurrection and the fellowship of his sufferings. That I may know you in the fellowship of his sufferings, being conformed to his death. If by any means I may attain to the resurrection from the dead, that I may know him in the power of his resurrection. We all want to know him in the power of his resurrection. But we also should all want to know him in the fellowship of his sufferings. When you love somebody, you want to know everything about them. And when you love somebody, you want to walk through life with this person. And you want to share everything that has either already happened or is currently happening. Some of you, I hope all of you, have that person, that friend. And if not, you do because you have Jesus. And Jesus sticks closer, come on, closer than a brethren, right? He sticks closer, closer than a brother. So we all have that person, every single one of us, where you can share your heart, you can share your life. But he wants to share his with us. Will you let him? It's not just, the, it's not just rejoicing in the power Okay, of his resurrection, but literally in the fellowship of his suffering. Fellowship. Are you going to fellowship with him? In the fellowship of suffering. He's the one that drank the cup. He said, oh, Lord, if there be any other way, let that cup pass. But nevertheless, your will be done, not mine. The fellowship of his suffering. Your walk will never be what it can be and what it should be if you try to avoid, constantly try to run from the fellowship of his suffering. Say it's good because he's the one that comforts my heart and walks through it all with me. He walks through everything with you. He certainly wants to and that's his, that's his heart, so don't push him away. So he made himself of no reputation. He took the form of a bondservant. He came on the likeness of, likeness of men. And verse 8, we're back to Philippians 2, verse 8. And being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and he became obedient to the point of death, even the death on the cross. Say, God gives grace to the humble. First Peter 5, 5 and 6, he gives grace to the humble, you guys. See, he wants us to walk in a sense of humility, knowing that it is the anointed Christ that lives on the inside of me, in, on the inside of you. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit, with power. Turn your Bibles really quick to, to Acts 10, Acts 10, 38, because we're talking, about, we're talking about life in Christ today. Our life in Christ, which is the best life, the most richest life, the most beautiful life, no matter what situation is going on, no matter what pain, heartache, joy, exhilaration, it doesn't matter. We get to walk with Christ every day, and it is a gift. So this life with Christ that we get to walk in as well, in, in um, Acts 10, 38, God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the power of the, of the Holy Spirit, right? He went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil. Why? Why? Because God was with him. God is with you. God is with you. So we're talking about living life and the power of his resurrection, but also the joy, the fellowship of his suffering, but all the time, the whole time, knowing how the anointed one is in within us because you don't do anything on your own. So the anointing 
the anointed one, Jesus lives on the inside of you. And so because the anointed one lives within you, now, just as this verse tells us, Acts 10, 38, who can believe it? We all can. We all do. We all do right now. Who is going to believe it? We all will. Say, I believe it because it's the word of God. And I'm receiving it right now. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. God has anointed you with the Holy Spirit and with power. You have the knowing. You have the power. You have the presence. You have the essence of who he is living on the inside of you. He went about. You go about. And he went about doing. So we go about doing. Doing good. We get to do good. It's a choice to do good. It's a choice, you guys. It's a choice to bless and not curse. It's the right choice to be a blessing everywhere you go. You have the opportunity. You have the provision to be a blessing, to do good. Say, I'm going to do good no matter what. Because I know who lives on the inside of me. I know that I get to walk. I get to walk with him both in the power of his resurrection and also in the fellowship of his sufferings both it's both say it's both and i'm glad it is i'm glad it is because there is a depth of knowing and i don't mean just knowing head knowledge i mean knowing to the very fullness of what that word means let's go to proverbs 4 really quick because i want you to understand this word knowing with this word in proverbs chapter 4 really quick let's go to proverbs 4 and it's verse 20 it says, my son, give attention to my words. That word attention right there, attention means fully focused. Fully focused. That means that you are looking at them. You are gazing at them. You are literally being enthralled by them. You're being changed by them. Give attention to my words. His word is his will. Keep your finger in Proverbs chapter 4 and go right back over to where we were in Acts 10.38. Because we talked about doing good. We talked about doing good because we know the power of his resurrection, which is in, which is in Philippians 3.10. We know the power, the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering. So to know this, to know it, is because you have literally, literally set your gaze upon him. You have, you have literally, when you know something, when you study it, when you examine something, it's not just a casual knowing, is it? It's owning it. This knowing, this be attentive to my word, what I'm referring to today, living a life of Christ, with both the, the, the joy and also the suffering, okay, what I'm talking about is knowing him. Knowing him in such a way because you have literally studied Bible says to study to show yourself approved, right? It's not just the words so that you can get information. It's not just so that you can have facts, so that you can be knowledgeable about the word, although that is important. But when you know and you've studied to so show yourself approved, this knowing that I'm talking about, pay attention, it means be attentive to. 
Be attentive to my word. Be attentive to my words. Read it with me in Proverbs. Read it with me. Be attentive. Pay attention to. Be attentive to my words. And then it says, incline your ears to my saying. Oh, my goodness. We're going to incline our ears to his sayings. Do not let them depart from your eyes. Right here, we see. He says, give attention, which means you, you, you're focused on. Your ears, do not, do, incline your ears, and then do not let them depart from your eyes. But then it goes on and it says, keep them in the midst of your heart. Every part of you, every single part of you, we are to know. To give attention to or to, uh, to attain and to, to, to really to, to give proper attention to something means that you are all in. You are all in. In the medical field, if you're, if you're a nurse, you're a doctor, you better believe, you better pay attention, give all your attention to what you're doing, especially if you're in the surgery room. Attention to. But this is the kind of attention that, we're, that the Bible is referring to for us to be so attentive. When you are attentive to, you are tending to. It's not just a casual glance. We are attending to. So it's not just something that we just kind of happen to pick up and read a little bit and just go off on our way and feel good because we read. No, we're paying attention to. We're literally making sure that we are inclining our ear to his sayings. That we let our hearts become so saturated with what the truth of his word says. The Bible has a promise for us in Proverbs chapter 4, verse 20. It says so that, so that literally, so your whole body, your whole flesh can be healed. Your whole body will be healed. What, what is that? What, what are you talking about? My son. He's talking about his children, isn't he? That's all of us. His children. My son. Be attention, pay, pay attention to, be attentive to my words. Incline your ears to my sayings, right? Do not let them depart from your eyes. Keep them in the midst of your heart, for they are life to those who find them and health to all their flesh. This is a promise. Say, this is a promise. They are, they are health to all their flesh. But then it says to guard your heart. See that word guard there? Or it says to keep your heart. But that word keep means guard. Keep your heart. Keep your heart with all diligence. Guard your heart. It's the same root as being attentive to, paying fully, fully, being fully attentive to, fully focused on. Because I'll tell you what, the Lord will never leave you. He will never, ever, ever leave you. He is faithful to his word. So he's saying, I want you to know my word so, so securely that no situation can cause you to doubt. Nothing. Nothing will cause you to doubt when you have fully saturated yourself in the truth. The truth. God is the truth. His word is the truth. Are we all following? You know, it should be so exciting. It's exciting to me. It's exciting to me because, you know, it's like, 
it's like having these presents, you know, that are, some of them are unwrapped. And he's saying, I want you to unwrap these presents because they're all for you. These promises, the promises of God, where we're referring to, which are yes and amen. So when you literally get them in your spirit and now there is a knowing. Oh, it's mine. There is a knowing that my children will be taught of the Lord. There is a knowing. You can let go, and you should, of the fear, of the torment, of all the heartache, of all the pain. Because there's a knowing. You walk different. You walk on fire. You walk different. You walk in faith. You walk different. You know you please God. You walk different. You walk knowing that, oh, Lord, I know you in the power of your resurrection. I'm so grateful. But I also, I also know you. I also know you in the suffering, the fellowship of your suffering. I know. And that's the part that so much of the church doesn't quite understand and tries to shun and keep away. And I'm telling you, you're doing yourself a disservice. Because when you know somebody in the hard times of their life. Right? When you know them in the depths of who they are and what they've gone through, there isn't, there's a closeness that it's a bond. It's a bond that isn't going to be easily destroyed. But you think about yourself with the Lord. What kind of a bond has he fashioned within you? Because you said, oh, God, you did that for me. Oh, my God, you did that for me. Lord, you never left me in my hardest hours. You never left me. Oh, we see the hand. Do you see the hand of God in your life? He never left you, and he never will. He never will. He's so good. But he says, I want you to know me like this. But I want you to know me with the love of God because I'm for you and not against you. And so there's a level of revelation that starts to come about. Sometimes people think, well, that's, I understand that. And I believe that for somebody else. I believe that for, I know that's the heart of God. And I see him working like that for other people. But God wants to do that for you. Recently had an opportunity to pray for somebody that was not a believer. But she had a pain in her foot. This person's also, she's a nurse. So, you know, the, the whole medical Mindset was trying to take over. So I just kind of pulled her aside and I said, you know, let's put all that on the shelf right now for a moment. I said, do you believe that God can heal you? Yes, but I just don't think he will. That was her response. I believe he can heal me, but I just don't think that he will. Now, I already knew she wasn't saved. And as I was listening to the Lord, I knew that the path for her was first let her experience the power of God, and then we'll deal with her heart. You know, sometimes it's different. You just have to hear the Lord. You got to let him tell you. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. So for her, I knew she needed to experience that touch because although she knew God can, and he does do it for people, she didn't think he would do it for her. So I said, well, let me pray for you. So I grabbed her hands. Of course, I started praying in tongues. And I knew that was kind of weird for her, like, you know, like, she didn't say a word. She just let me pray. Tears start rolling down her face, and Holy Spirit was touching her. And, and I said, why don't you get up, why don't you walk? I want you, to, I want you to walk. So she gets up, she starts to walk, and she goes, okay, this is really weird. <laughs> she goes, I'm not like that. I said, I'm just looking at her. She goes, 
I'm not like one of those people. I'm just like shaking my head like, I am. <laughs> I'm crazy, wild, radical. But anyway, she's like, I'm not like that. I'm not like, I'm just not like one of those people. Like she goes, and she's doing this, and she's like, I'm trying to make it hurt. She's like, what? And she's like, I don't feel it. I go, just walk. And so she starts to walk. She's like, oh, my gosh. She goes, seriously, I'm not like one of those people that get, like, really emotional and all hyper. And they're like, I, she goes, I'm not like that. I can't make this hurt. It's been hurting for a couple of years. I cannot make it hurt. Doctor said that she needed surgery. And she's been, I don't know why she's waiting, but she was waiting. She's like, wow. I go, well, see, because he is the healer. And he, he wants to, he heals your foot. But he wants to heal your heart. I go, I go, I said, I know you have an understanding of the Lord, but I don't know that you know him personally. I said, have you ever made him your Lord and Savior? She goes, mm-hmm. And I said, okay, when? And so she goes, um, I mean, ever since I met so-and-so, I kind of just figured that, you know, I guess I know Jesus now. And I said, no, honey, it doesn't work like that. See, people think their associations because you're associated with somebody that professes Christ, that, that makes you a Christian. I mean, you've got all kinds of crazy thoughts out there nowadays, but no, that doesn't make you a Christian. So I said, no, actually, and I explained to her this plan of salvation, how Christ died for her and rose again for her, and how it's a free gift of salvation. He's waiting for you to say yes. Are you ready to receive this free gift? And she's like, yeah. So I start to pray with her. I ask her to repeat, and she starts to repeat. But the beautiful thing is God gave me an open door, to, like an open window to see within her spirit, man. I start praying things beyond just the salvation prayer, things that I don't know. I don't know, I don't know her, but things that God was revealing about her past, tears are just streaming down her face. I'll tell you, that healing was even greater than the healing of the foot. But she got, she literally just got, and I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to pray for the baptism of the Holy Spirit right now. She literally like, kind of like what, that one gal here today, oh, yeah, where it was like your lungs, everything just kind of opened up, like, you know, and she, she, she could totally feel like the power of God. She's like, oh, my gosh, this is so weird. <laughs> that was her word. Sometimes people don't have language for it. So they're like, this is so weird. I'm like, okay. Yeah, I know. But it's the power of God. I go, it is the power of God. And so we have the opportunity to literally know Christ. And there are people all around us, and some are in a place where they just get to, they're, they're, they're on fire. You guys are on fire. There's so much power of God flowing through, and you're on fire. But you know what? We also have the opportunity to minister to people that are suffering, right? And we all go through that. We've all been through it. We've all go, we, all, we, go, we do go through that right? The pain, the suffering. But I'll tell you, when you meet your maker, and I don't mean salvation, because I believe everyone in here is saved already, but when you meet your maker, in other words, uh, intimately with him, really knowing him in the midst of your heartache, in the midst of your pain, in the depths of your pain, when he becomes way beyond just the words on a page, when he becomes way beyond just in a, a yes that you verbally said and an understanding of who the Bible says he is, when you meet your maker in such a deep, intimate way, then all of a sudden the fellowship of his suffering becomes so far greater. It becomes so grand and so great that you actually enjoy it. Only if you've actually been through this could you actually say, and it might be a quiet amen because it's heavy, but it's good.
it changes us. He changes us. Literally. It's how we become unshakable. Psalm 16, 8. You become immovable because of his presence. Because you said, I want to know you, Lord. I just, so I don't want to just know you in the power of the resurrection. I want to know you in fellowship of your suffering. Psalm 16, 8. I have set the Lord always before me. What are we supposed to set before us? We just read it in Proverbs chapter 4. His word. Remember? Pay attention to, be attentive to my words. Now look at Psalm 16, 8. I have set the Lord always before me. If you have set the Lord always before you, then you are literally looking at, receiving from, tending to, giving your full attention to him. I have set the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand. I shall not be moved. You shall not be moved. Therefore, my heart is glad. You know, I, I rejoice in him. I rejoice. My flesh will also rest in hope. In the midst of it all. Your flesh will rest in hope in the midst of it all, no matter what. That's who we've been created to be. We are literally created to be people that carry the fire, the presence of God, the power of God. But not just here today and gone tomorrow. We literally carry the power, the presence of God in the midst of it all, no matter what, because of his goodness. Because he has never left us. Because he says, I have taken you from the miry clay. I've lifted you up from that pit, from that pit of destruction. I have lifted you, pulled you, literally pulled you out of that lion's den. I have literally stood with you even amongst all of the attackers, of all the enemies, of all those people that would really wanted to just throw you in and just bury you alive. But I have been standing with you and you will not faint. You will not die. You will not lose. See, I always say this. I always win. Because of Christ in me. I always win. Victory is always mine. I don't care how long, how bad, how terrible, how, how lengthy that battle may have been or still is. You always win. You always win. Say, I always win. I am always a victor in Christ. I always win. I literally tell the devil that. Devil, I always win. And let me tell you, I tell you that, in the, I tell him that in the midst of a hard situation, I get mad at the devil. I tell him, I always win. Let me remind you, I always win because of the power of God in me. Victory is always mine because of the power of God in me. Should there be any difference between how Jesus walked and how we walk? No. So he went about doing good and healing all he went about doing good. That's a choice to do good even when you want to do bad. That's a choice to do good. Sometimes it's like, oh, man, do I have to extend love? They were totally flat out rude to me just now. They were totally flat out rude. Come on, you all know it. We all feel that at times. And we're like, really? I can do that too. But that's not love to repay evil with evil. That, that's not love, right? So we all have the opportunity to do good. Even though sometimes you just may want to not do good. So when the Bible says here that he went about doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, then we know that our assignment is the same. 
oppression has to go. It comes from the devil. And you've been empowered to cast that devil out. You've been empowered to kick that devil out. You've been empowered to stand up and to do the will of God. And to do the will of God is to do what Jesus did. And Jesus, we already know what he did. We just read it. And he did so because the power of God is with him. And the power of God is with you. And so you have the right, you have the opportunity, but you have the privilege and responsibility to do this very thing. Because you are ambassadors. You are. We are ambassadors for him. 